Welcome to the ATL Podcast. It's a beautiful Saturday morning, and we're back in the studio. It's time to talk All-Stars. With the game being played in two weeks, and the league recently announcing the starters, we're excited to give our thoughts on the entire All-Star event. Um, so let's get into it. Nav, how you doing, baby? Good, man. Beautiful Saturday morning. Getting ready for work, but a little pit stop in the podcast room. <laughs> and you got to understand the grind, right? I heard you... Uh... Did a nice little workout this morning. How'd it go? Did a nice little Tabata workout, 45 minutes, you know. Get the sweat going, get the mind going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What do you, uh, what do you got going on this weekend? Not too much. Not just much. chilling, doing this, working. Um, and then just laying low, really. There's nothing you really can do right now. Yeah, the, the restrictions are loosening up a little bit. So hopefully we can get some momentum there. But yeah, the weather's trash. Nothing's really open. Um, have you been watching any new shows, any new movies at all? We just finished Your Honor on, uh, I think it's HBO. Either what way, it? it's on Crave. Sorry, what is it called? But, uh, Your Honor. Oh, Your Honor. Okay. It was it was legit. It's like, I think, 10 episodes. Uh, it takes place in New Orleans. It's it's like a murder, mystery, gang-related type show. It was, it was would pretty you, good. Would you recommend it? I'd highly recommend it, yeah. Yeah, I don't have HBO, though. I don't have HBO, so... I can, I, I'm sure I can find a stream, but yeah, I don't have... HBR, HBR, yeah, HBR highly Max. recommended. Now we're looking for a new show, and I think Yellowstone's next in line. Is that like a Netflix one, or is that? It's on Amazon HBR? Prime. Um, again, highly recommended. So might might dive into that one. Nice, nice. I've been uh, I've been watching some some anime. Something that I've always like. This is like my group of friends watch a lot of anime, um, and I used to watch a lot of anime when I was younger, like Dragon Ball Z, and those type of shows. But my nephew he started. Uh, asking me to buy him like mangas, like um, Asian comic books, basically. And there's a show called Demon Slayer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually a really good show. It's like a it's like probably 26 episodes, 20 minutes each, and it's about this kid who had his family basically murdered by these demons, and he's just coming out for revenge. Uh, premise sounds like any other anime, but it's actually a really good show. And I never thought I'd get back into anime uh, this late in my Late in my life, but it's it's been a good run. I'm looking actually for another show to watch. <laughs> really, honestly, just to like have something to talk with my nephew about and like shoot the shit on. But it's actually it's been pretty good. That's legit. No, I'll take your word for it. I'll probably never watch it, but, uh, but it's, I'll definitely it's actually take your word for it. on uh, it's on Netflix. They just released it with the with the English dub, so it's actually like in the English True. Uh, voice acting and everything. So I, I know you're tempted, but. Still not going to watch it, but I'll definitely take your word for it. <laughs> All right, so let's let's just go dive into this. You know, it's an exciting part of the NBA season. This is where a lot of the guys, um, a lot of the good young old players get to be recognized uh, for their play during the first part of the season. So, you know, the, there's some controversy with, with Adam Silver's decision to have this game being hosted in Atlanta. March 7th, and the, basically one day where they have the skills competition, the three-point competition um, being held before the All-Star game, and then the, then the stamp dunk competition being held at halftime, which is a weird, different format. So what are your thoughts just on the game being held? Um, what's your excitement level for these, these All-Star events? And just, yeah, just general thoughts on just on everything that's going on with the, just the game itself. Yeah, I mean, my mind goes all over the place when I think about this one. Um, 
I think I'd love to know what the financial opportunity cost really is. Like how much money are they potentially losing by not having this event? You know, I want to know that because from a health from a health perspective, the risks are, you know, ginormous. Yeah. Because you got the best players in the NBA in one building in a city that's fully open. You know, they probably in my opinion, they probably could have picked a better city, maybe like California, where the rules and regulations are so tight. Um, just so there's no element of temptation from the player's perspective or no risk on that front, right? Um, the other thing, too, is the league. Like I, I think we were saying this la- last podcast. The league is in a really good place right now in terms of entertainment, game like game entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, players are playing exceptionally well. Teams are like, there's a lot of excitement right now in the NBA. And, you know, if players start getting sick, if they start dropping like flies, they're jeopardizing that. And to me, that's that's a huge risk. Yeah, I saw an interview by Adam Silver kind of explaining the reason why they're still holding the the game, and he mentioned that there will be no partying, there will be no like there, there's there's going to be restrictions. They're going to have a hard stance on on those rules, but it's tough to tell these guys who are going to another city. There's going to be you know a handful of them um, and their families probably um, at the Salisbury game. So he he also mentioned that it's going to be like a made for TV type of event where there's no there's not going to be any parties being hosted by the NBA there's not going to be any events so they're they're laying down the law there but it's still going to be tough to monitor what these guys are doing obviously again they're in Atlanta there's so many things that you can do there <laughs> Lou Will knows <laughs> James Harden knows <laughs> so you know it's it's a tough decision but yeah I'd like to also know what the financial uh, incentives were for the uh, for the teams and for the leagues to actually continue with the with the game itself. Right, and then the other thing that I can't help but think about is just the lack of enthusiasm from the players' point of view. And when we talked about that last podcast, I think my mindset was more in line with, well, this is your job; you got to do it. Um, you know, you got to report to work. Everyone has to do it. Like, look, I got to work on a Saturday today. I would love to. Have, an, have a break to look forward to or a week, an all-star weekend to look forward mm-hmm. to where I can put my feet up. But, you know, people have to go to work. But with that being said, I think the league is juggling right now in the sense that, you know, for the last year and a half, they've been very, um, their ears have been open to listen to the players, deal with their frustrations because they made the players play in a bubble, right? Yeah. They want to resume the league early with a really short off season and um, they want to make their money. So, they're juggling between their finances and, uh, you know, the players' concerns. And this is one of those situations where the players are flat out saying, like, we don't want to do this. But the NBA is turning a blind blind eye and thinking about their pockets. So yeah. the NBA is, I think it, they're in a really weird spot because with all the social stuff that's going on right now, with the mental health component of the bubble, yeah. they're acting as though they're listening to the players and they're there for the players. But here's an example of the players saying they don't want to do this for a variety of reasons. And the NBA picks and chooses when to turn yeah, a blind yeah. eye. Yeah, that's a great point because we're hearing guys like major, huge players, guys with huge influences on the league, like the LeBrons, like the um, Giannis's, the Dames, all saying that they don't want to do this. And they, that they know that it's just all for financial gains for the league. Obviously, the players will get incentives to play in the game. The winner of each event, the winners of the game itself, will be awarded. Obviously, like I think it's like fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars if they win the All Star game. So there's still incentives to play in this game. But 
I, I totally agree with what you're saying because the league does just pick and choose when they want to listen to the players. And when they do listen to the players, they, you know, they vocalize it and they highlight it, being like, oh, look, look how great the league is because, look, we're, we're a player's league. We listen to what they have to say. We give them a platform to do whatever they want. But when, you know, when, it, when it's time to make a financial decision and over the safety of a player or the safety of a team, um, they've obviously decided to go with the All-Star game, go with uh, being hosted in Atlanta and having all these guys um, grouped together, which can jeopardize a season if something does happen, right? So if one, one or two guys F around, um, don't listen and kind of, you know, infiltrate the group a little bit, that's going to that's gonna be a bad look for the league. Yeah, and I, I think even when we're doing this exercise, my main concern when I was picking players is who's going to bring it because, you know, we came – last year was probably the best All-Star game of all time. They, experiment, they experimented with the Eli, Elam ending. Yeah. They knocked it out of the park. Uh, they had the Kobe Memorial. It was a close game. You had Kyle Lowry taking charges late in the game. Yeah. Everyone was playing their hearts <laughs> out. People were playing their hearts, hearts out. So there's no, it's, you know, the players are going to bring, bring their A game when they're incentivized and when they're motivated to do so. But this year isn't it. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be any just lack of motivation and um, hustle within the game itself. I don't know, like, are these guys just going to have really shitty body language? Or are they just going to kind of just sit there and kind of cry and it'll be interesting you know, like you're, be forcing, interesting. you're forcing a party essentially yeah exactly you're forcing it's, a party. it's it's yeah it's gonna be the public eye now we're gonna see if these guys are receptive to what the league has done or if they're just gonna be like we don't really want to be here we're not gonna really give it our all our all give it all up all of our uh effort <laughs> and time sorry but yeah so uh yeah it's gonna be uh funny to see if they're if they're able to just go out there and just perform their job yeah, right now my excitement is probably minimal, but you know, doing this exercise, doing this podcast definitely got me a little bit more excited. For sure, for sure. So let's get into the um, all-star voting results. Uh, the, the starters were announced by the league, I believe, on Tuesday. So from the Western Conference, um, we got Luka Doncic, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic and Kawhi Leonard. And then from the east side, we got Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then Joel Embiid. So these were all guys that were voted in by the fans who had 50% of the the weighted vote, uh, 25% players vote, and then 25% media vote. So all these guys are super, super deserving. But again, that 50% of the fan vote did sway some of the, the, the picks that were, uh, that were determined to the starters, like a Bradley Beal and a Damian Lillard that didn't get in because of the fan voting. So what are, you, what are your thoughts just on those five guys from each division or from each conference? Do you have any qualms about the five guys that were picked? Do you have any questions or any just... Um, yeah, anything that you believe should be, any guys that should be in there or guys that shouldn't uh, be in there? Qualms, I like that word. Yeah, thanks. I got no qualms with Mr. <laughs> Conway West. <laughs> did you ever see that George Bush thing? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like, honestly, no qualms with the West. I was really thinking about that Doncic pick for a while, but the more that I think about it, 
you know, there's there. I see no problems with the fan voting on the Western Conference. You know, the reason why you might have put Damian Lillard over Doncic is because you know, without CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard is literally putting that Portland team on his back. Um, yeah, Portland's currently fourth in the West. He's hitting game winners. He's literally he's having he's having an Allen Iverson type year, crazy, uh, playing out of his mind. But you got to realize, like. You know, this is the All Star Game. It's about the sizzle. It's about um, the statistics. It's about you know, it's about popularity. It's a talent show for sure, right? And I think my my main criteria with um, with the All Star voting is standings and statistics. I think Luke. I think Lillard has Luca beat in that department currently. However, Luka Doncic is an eighteen year old phenom. You know, in his second or third year in yeah. the NBA, so. Um, you can't where Doncic is now in his career far exceeds where Damian Lillard was at that point in yeah, his career. Yeah, Damian Lillard so, was still at Weaver State at this age. You know, he right. probably, he was he was there for another two years. So you can't really compare even them two game, even two games into or sorry even two seasons into their NBA. Oh career. yeah, oh yeah, yeah for sure. They're no, not no, age. There's, there's 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 no one's been like Luca. There's no there's never been a player in a second third year that ever achieved these type of numbers. Uh, no, he's. Yeah, no, I'm not saying age. I'm saying second yeah. year in the league. Yeah, 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 yeah um, for sure. For so sure. with that being said, like, no, I think Duke, I think Doncic is well deserving of that starter pick. And in the Western Conference, I see I see no lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the only thing that I would have brought up to, um, just because yeah, Dame doesn't have um, Collins. He doesn't have Nurkic. He doesn't have McCollum on his team. He's taking mm-hmm. these. Yeah, I don't know these this, this this team that doesn't have anyone. They have what. They have Cantor, they have Gary Trent, they have Roddy Hood. Like I, yeah. I can't even name two more guys on that team right now, just because they're so. Al um, Farouk Aminu is he still there? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he still is, but he's taken yeah this this cripple team and t- what they're they're fourth in the West. They're eighteen and ten. That's that's pretty impressive, man. And every time I turn on the highlights or on the TV, this guy's hitting a game winner. Uh, I'm not sure if you watched the uh, the game where he hit two threes against the Bulls. They were down like five with like ten seconds left. That yeah. that was insane. But yeah, I think he he is deserving. But um, Luca is also equally deserving. It's just yeah, the fan votes kind of swayed it that way because uh, I think the players and the the media had uh, Dame as a starter, but then the fans had Luca as a starter, and uh, that weighs fifty percent. So that's why Luca was. Uh, ultimately, the, the starter um, on the east side. Any anything there that throws you off? Anything that you want to? Nothing. Nothing throws me off. Um, again, like my criteria was standings and statistics. Mm-hmm. Well, you could say, well, Bradley Beal is playing for arguably the worst team in the league, but Bradley Beal, it's not for it's not from a lack of trying. You know, he's he's leading he's leading the NBA in scoring, but he's not playing in a very toxic way. He's actually, I think he's. He's got like a 47% field goal percentage. He's the only guy on that team that can take the shots, but he's doing it in a very efficient manner. Um, he's been dropping 40, 50, 60, and still and still, still losing so, basketball games because they don't have a team around him currently. But um, I think he's playing the game the right way, uh, regardless of those few stints that he had with you know frustrations about being on the Wizards. But uh, I think he's well-deserving of this award because... Um, from an offensive perspective, he's playing out of his mind. And yeah. if, if, you, if you're going to call the All-Star game, you know, a talent show, then 
you know, he deserves to be a starter. Yeah, he deserves for sure to be a, a starter. Um, I I also think Jalen Brown had a really good shot here to to be a starter. I'm not sure where he ended up with the the actual voting and the results there, but I would have liked to see a young guy who's kind of flourishing on a winning team uh, be part of the starters. But yeah, Bradley Bill's just having an incredible individual statistic here, um, leading the league in scoring and just really will, trying to will his way through wins with a really trash team. Westbrook kind of just has fallen off the face of the earth in terms of his play. This guy was an all-NBA player last year, and um, it's tough to watch him play now. He's, his shooting is just horrendous. Can't make a free throw, can't make a three. And his, his mid-range game is kind of, yeah, I don't know where, I don't know where he went. I think... You know, the the issue I had with this starting lineup was actually Kyrie Irving. Um, maybe for personal reasons, the <laughs> fact that he disappeared voluntarily yeah. um, for quite a significant chunk of time, but still gets the uh, gratification of being a starting point guard in an all-star game. That's a pure fan vote, in my opinion, because even when we had Nicola on our podcast uh, last month, you know, he was saying, hands down, when you talk to kids, their favorite player is Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, is a bit of a fan boost. Uh, if, if it was possible, I don't even think you can do this. Correct me if I'm wrong. I would have probably put Trey Young or uh, Jalen Brown in that position, position, move Bradley Beal up to the point guard. I don't know if you can even do that, but that's what I probably would have done because I don't think um, Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, is the starting point guard for this team. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think he was gone for like two weeks. Just said, hey, I don't, I'm, I'm not feeling it. You know, basically, I don't know if there was anything else that was reported. It's tough, right? Yeah, like, it's tough. It's tough. He, sure. cla- you know, he claims it was all in good intention, but at the end of the day, you know, he could have still reported to your team. That's my only... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there, there were some um, just media outlets talking about, you know, oh, is this because... Is this why they got James Harden? Because... Kyrie is such an, an uncertain factor on the team. Even Stephen A. said, you got to retire. But that's, again, that's just so much stupid shit that he's, he spews out here and there. But all right, let's just quickly go to our reserves. So this is um, going to be chosen by the actual NBA coaches. So there won't be any fan voting. There won't be any media voting or any player voting. This is all based on what the coaches actually believe. So the, the seven reserves for the West, the seven reserves for the East are probably going to be the most deserving because these are guys that play in front of these coaches. They know them the best. They watch film on them. So these guys are going to be the ones that absolutely deserve to be on the team. So let's start with the Western Conference. So how it works is there's going to be two guards, um, three forwards, and two wild cards. So that totals the seven. So I want to... Maybe just run down the list with you, um, see if there's any differences between our list, and just kind of see where we land on some of these. So from your Western Conference list, who are your two reserved guards? My two reserved guards, I got uh, Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell. Same. Same. I think those are pretty easy ones to start off with. Uh, Again, we mentioned Dame having a strong, probably top three, top five MVP season right now. And Donovan Mitchell is leading um, the Utah Jazz to a historic run right now. I think they've won 20 out of 22 games. I know they lost to the uh, Clippers yeah, there were eight, there were 18 of 20 the last time I checked. Uh, so, yeah, they're like 19 to 21 or something. Like yeah, that. crazy. So he's having a breakout season um, as the go-to first option 
on the Jazz, and I'm really liking his game. I'm, I'm hoping they can translate that into into the playoffs. Yeah, that's gonna be the tough. That's gonna be the tough thing for Utah because, you know, again, I don't want to go off in too much of a tangent, but we've seen the Utah Jazz in the form of other teams over the last five years, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. it was the Toronto Raptors, whether it was the Milwaukee Bucks. You name it. Like, there's yeah. always a team that's gonna just roll over teams all regular season. When it comes to the playoffs, are they gonna are they gonna translate? And I think it's a fair knock. You know, the media the media and the analysts are giving them the reputation of well, we need to see them in the playoffs, similar to the Milwaukee Bucks because they blew a three one lead to Denver, right? Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens when teams take out Mitchell because that's gonna that's gonna be their first line of defense mm-hmm. when the when the when the playoffs come around, right? They're gonna try to take him out, and it's gonna be see it's gonna be interesting to see who they are. In yeah, that because of the the rest of the guys like. Conley, Gobert, Clarkson, they've never really proven to be reliable scorers in the playoffs. Like Conley's a great, great player, but he's never been that 25, 30 uh, a game guy in the playoffs, right? And Gobert, obviously, we just know for him as a defensive guy and a, a rim, ru- rim runner and whatnot. And Clarkson, again, we've seen kind of like Lou Will come, come out firing with the Raptors and then kind of flame out in the playoffs. So, there's still question marks about him. He hasn't been a proven playoff performer as well. So um, I'm on the same boat with you. Like they're kind of like the the new Atlanta Hawks of, of the early 2010s. The Raptors, again, like you mentioned, and the Bucks rolling over teams. So and they're in the West. These all these other teams are in the East. Losing LeBron in the second, third round. But now these guys are going to have to face really tough competition um, in the first, second, third round. And yeah, I. You just have to wait, wait yeah. it out. I mean, the last thing I, would, I want to say, if there was a year where continuity, good coaching, and yeah, continuity mattered, it, it would be this year where it's a really weird league. At any time, a player can drop out due to obviously the factors that are outside and um, an injury. And look, the Lakers have an injured superstar right now, and it just it it's a really um, important component of a team right now to have that continuity. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, for the for the reserves for the forward position, so we got three there. Um, give me your give me your three that you have on your list here. I went Paul George and Antonio Davis, Anthony <laughs> Davis, who is injured, so I, I do have a swap for that, and then Rudy Gobert. So who's your swap? It's not a forward, John Moran. Okay, 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 cool, cool. Um, I have the same three players. Do you really? I do, I do. So I have, Damn. Yeah, I have I have AD, PG, and Rudy Gobert. So who's your swap for Davis? Uh, Zion. 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 Um, he, Zion. Zion was the only player on a below 500 team that I had in, I had in here. He's just honestly unbelievable. Um, I know in our group chats, I'll usually share like a, his stat line here and there. He'll go like 13 for 15, score like an efficient 30 points, shooting, I believe he's shooting 62% from the, from the field. Yeah, he's shooting so 62%. He's, I think that's two percent or two or three percent behind Rashawn Holmes, who's leading the league in, in field goal percentage. And this guy isn't—he's just going to his left every time. He has the softest touch. Uh, he barely—he's barely taking any shots on the perimeter. I think he's just—he'll he'll eventually need to expand uh, his game a little more. But he's just shooting an insane um, percentage and efficiency. It's—it's it's really nice to see, and I think he really does deserve. To, to be on the All-Star team. I know, his, his again, the Pelicans aren't doing so well, and it's probably just because of a mismatch of players. They don't have like the right fit with, the, with them, and they have a new coach. 
um, in Van Gundy, and they're trying to get together. I know they've won a few more games as of late, but he's just playing out of his mind. Um, he's the only one. He's the one guy that I have who usually when I pick all stars. Uh, in my mind, they got to be on winning teams, unless they, they're having like an exceptional year. Like Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have Zion to replace AD. Um, and yeah, Paul George, I know he's missed a few games um, here and there, but he's, he's, he's probably the player with the hottest start to the season um, alongside Kawhi. He had a great year. I think he's shooting, um, 40, he's shooting 48% from the three. Yeah, so... Um, I got so back to Zion. I have Zion in my roster as a wild card. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's shooting sixty-two percent from the field goal. He's the king of the paint. He leads the NBA in points in the paint. Yeah. Um, and he's just must-see TV, right? Like it, this is the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Um, Zion's living up to his expectation, which I really like to see because there was a lot of concerns about his weight. There was a lot of concerns about uh, his height, and he's just showing that he's a modern-day Charles Barkley, and you know. He's a freak of nature, and you got to have a freak of nature in the All-Star game, especially when they're playing as well as he is. He's averaging 25-7-3, and he's got a steal per game in that stat line, yeah. which is pretty impressive. He's really good at jumping the passing lanes, believe it or not. Yeah, he's he, he can't, I, I've seen him play a few times. I, it was two times the Raptors have lost to them, and he's he's crushed them each time. But his, his defense isn't great. He's still kind of... Um, just floating out there right now, but he does play the passing lanes very well. Um, and then Paul George, like, he's finally Batman's Robin. Like, he's he's Kawhi's Robin. He's yeah. playing really well. He's, again, averaging 50% from the field goal and almost 50% from the three-point line. Yeah. Crazy. Which is insane. Like, insane. I, you know, the, the popularity part is questionable. Like, I don't think his playoff um, uncertainties should overshadow his all-star uh, credibility. No, no. I know the, we, we, we joke around and it's been a running joke since the bubble, but you know, ever since he hit the side of that backboard, he's been playing like an, another like a legit all-star superstar player right now. So I, I really don't, I really hope he does bounce back and does have a strong rest of the regular season and the rest of the, the playoffs because he's a great player. Um, um, he's a great, you know, advocate for the game and I really like to watch him play. He's, he's what Jalen Brown is, like, going towards. Like, that's a player that I see him being the same type of player. If you like watching Jalen Brown, then you got to love watching Paul, like, PG. I know he's been kind of, um, you know, going from the Pacers and then going to OKC and then being traded to um, the Clippers. He hasn't been the most popular player, but I still like watching him play, even though he's oh. still a little bit. If you're, you know. if you're designing a player in 2K... You're essentially, he's yeah, he's you're essentially designing Paul George. Yeah, he's close. He's close. But yeah, he's he, he's definitely in there. I think if he didn't get hurt um, for the third of the season, he may have been a, a starter just with how well he's playing. And the Clippers are kind of just flying quietly under the radar. No one's really talking about them. Everyone's just talking about the Lakers, about the Jazz, about the Golden State Warriors, um, about the Suns. The Clippers are just kind of you know, under the radar, they're just waiting, waiting for their time. You know, they 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 got a new coach. They still got Kawhi Leonard, probably the top two, top three player in the league when you really put it all together. And I, I think they're they're having just a good good season. And then I think they're going to attack when they need to. Yeah, th- this is the way I think I think they want it. I feel like the way you ruffle their feathers is by putting them in the spotlight. And you know, we know Kawhi. We've experienced him. 
very quiet guy. Same with Paul George, very reserved in his own yeah. way. And I think come playoff time, they're just going to go at people's heads. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And man, Serge, I can't wait to see Serge in the in big playoff moments for them. I think he's going to be the big X factor for that team. He's going to hopefully take them over the hump because he's such a such an awesome player. He's the pick and pop papa. <laughs> He's yeah, man. That's what we were missing, man. We can't be having fucking Aaron Baines here, just missing layups. But okay, no let's, Raptor let's talk. Yeah, let's go. Sorry, I'm just, every time I t- hear get his <laughs> name, I just get rattled. Okay, uh, and then Rudy Gobert. Um, again, we mentioned how well the Utah Jazz have been playing. This guy's the anchor on their defense, and I don't think he gets enough credit for you know the screens he's setting for um, Mitchell, the screens he's setting for Clarkson to get them wide open. Um, the the gravity that he pulls um, when he's rim running, when he's you know going for that alley oop, that opens up a lot of space for Mitchell to get a floater up there, to get a lob up there. So that opens up a lot of this game. So you know he's what averaging 14, 14 and one, um, not amazing, not out of you know out of the blow you out of the water type stats, but he's definitely doing more than what the stats are showing. Yeah, I mean, by no means is Gobert's style of play sexy. Um, it's kind of it's kind of opposite to what you'd want in terms of like an all star pick, but you know real basketball fans know how you know electrifying or entertaining good defense can be, mm-hmm. and he's just he's the modern day Ben Wallace for this all star pick. You know I think Ben yeah. Wallace had his his um, his time to shine. That I think with just one season he was an all star. I think he was was he multiple? I think multiple. All-stars, yeah, and I, I think, think yeah. this is a similar pick with Rudy Gobert. Like you. He's currently anchoring uh, the defense for the best team in the West. And again, my criteria was statistics and standings. And I think he just gets picked um, from a standings perspective. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a lock in there just because of how well they're playing. Um, again, I prioritize just winning um, over a lot of other stats. If you're, if you're a good, really good player, a good defensive player even, um, I'm going to throw you in there if your team's first or second in the... Uh, in the conference, yeah, you're first. So I mean, I think what the Pistons used to get three. I remember you know, used see, to get four. Yeah, they used you get three four. or four. They had yeah, Phillips, they Chauncey, Tayshon, and Ben Wallace. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. You know, I think I I want to get to it at some point because I actually think um, Utah should have three this year, but I I wasn't able to make it happen. So okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> let's get into your two wild cards. Who are who are your two wild cards? Just from. What you were just saying there. Well, so my wild card was Zion. So Zion, I didn't okay. talk about why I had Morant okay. over Davis, but it's simple. Um, I think John Morant's the most electrifying player in the NBA. He's Dwayne, or he's Dwayne Wade. He's Derrick Rose. And I think, again, my concern with this, this game in general is going to be the competitive level. And I think... I think... Um... Morant's the type of guy that's going to try to jump over someone in the oh, All-Star yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I think he's going to go at heads. And I just, I would love to see him in this game. I think he deserves it. And I think he'll bring the right, you know, uh, competition element to the game. So my, my only thing with that one is he missed a, a, a handful of games because of that severe ankle sprain that he had. But at least it was due to injury and not yeah. Kyrie's situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I understand. And so, so are you... What are the merits for his his this selection then? Because he's a great fit for the All Star game, or it's just because of his of his general um, regular season so far. So I think 
the Memphis Grizzlies are overachieving by a long shot. Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. a big reason for that. Again, I think he's the most electrifying player in the NBA. Um, if it's a popularity contest, if it's a talent show, then you know he deserves to be a part of it just because of how entertaining he is to watch night cool. in and night out. Cool. Fair. Fair. That's very fair. So then who is your very last wild card pick? Uh, my last wild card pick was Chris Paul. Cool. So then, wh- why, why do you have him over Devin Booker? So I have Chris Paul over Devin Booker because the Phoenix Suns would be 12th if he wasn't on that team, and they're currently 5th in the West. Yeah. Um, Chris Paul is the point god. He's, even aside from basketball, you know, everything he's doing with the Players Association, he's been such a focal point of the NBA in the last year and a half. Um, he's playing just as well as he always does. Um, he took OKC last year over the moon. I think he's currently taking the Phoenix Suns over the moon. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's the floor, he's the general man. I just believe that he needs to be in that game. And he brings, again, that competition element that you need in an all-star game. So taking them over the moon, do you mean taking them over the sun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's, that's all I can think about. But uh, for my pick, so I had Chris Paul in there as well. Obviously, this guy changed the whole, um, the whole structure and the whole culture of the Suns. They, they had great pieces like Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, De, 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 uh, DeAndre Ayn. Um, but yeah, he's putting that whole team together. And it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice to see how they play in the playoffs. Um, he's a great, great player that hasn't had the playoff success that you, you would want for a player of his stature. But we know he's a winning player. He just, he's just had you know a few bad, bad bounces here, um, shitty teams um, here and there. But he's definitely a... Um, a lock for me and my last wild card pick was Mike Conley you know a 14 year vet um, people have been calling him the the best player to never make the the all-star game you know this guy has been uh, a crucial part of a winning franchise with the Grizzlies for so long you know the grit and grind team with Marcus Saul Tony Allen um, those guys and he's always always been kind of Floating and borderline all-star, but the West has always been so stacked with point guards, with shooting guards, and the Grizzlies always have around like third, fourth, fifth place in the Western Conference for the last few years that he was there. So he's never getting the attention that he needed. I think he's just for me. Um, it's a it's a pick that you probably say you, Demar Derozan may deserve a little more, no. maybe a Devin Booker, some of the, some of the other guys, but I think him. Being with the best team, uh, his advanced metrics are off the roof. Like he's he's playing the best when you look at the analytics. He's top of the list for most of the categories. He's playing great defense, running the uh, running the offense with Mitchell, and he's just shooting very well. Yeah, like I remember that's everything you're saying is bang on. Yeah, he he definitely deserves to be an all star. Um, that's a great pick. I think. You know, we were talking about the Utah Jazz and we were saying what's their second line of defense when a team takes out Mitchell. It's actually Mike Conley because he runs that entire show. Yeah, he does. And he's he's just gonna be the, the calm calm voice, the calm leader on the court when, you know, things are getting hectic in the playoffs and the lights are bright. How how's you know, Mitchell and Gobert even I think Conley was hurt for a few of those Denver games, right? Uh, in, the, in the bubble last year, I think he was hurt for a few games, so that's why they they were able to crawl back into into that series. So, 
yeah, they, they got a season to redeem themselves from the collapse last year. And they're looking like a, a force to be reckoned with. No, it's got, yeah, for sure. Connolly, I want to take back my Chris Paul pick. I'm jealous of the Connolly pick. Um, but yeah. All right, so any snubs that you want to just highlight or or just call out? I know I mentioned DeMar, who's having a, a really strong season with the the Spurs. They're six in the West right now at 16-11. He's 25-7, and seven, and he's shooting... 49% from the field. So he's very he's playing very efficient, you know. We, we look at DeMara as a guy who had a lot of volume as a scorer with the Raptors and just was never able to put it together efficiently. He always taking those long-range twos, um, not getting to the free throw line enough. And this year he's um, having a career year in assist, um, getting to the free throw line at the best rate of his career. So quietly having a very, very nice season. And then again, Devin Booker, um, great young player, but just Chris Paul is the the expert, the leader, and the X factor for that team. So he just narrowly misses out. Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I don't. Aside from being a fan, the Raptors kind of need him back. <laughs> if, mis- he's, if he's playing at this level, like this is the Demar we always needed. I know, I know, because well, like, yeah, let's. I, I agree, I agree. Um, no, the only two snubs that I would even entertain talking about would be uh, Devin Booker and Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't say Pelicans without saying Brandon Ingram. He's playing out of his mind right now. Um, but I think the case for the other players is just too too strong. Yeah, for sure. So I agree with, with, with you there. There's not any other player that you could really make a case for. There's De'Aaron Fox. Um Shea Gilgis, you know, he's having a good year, but again, it's just record-based. I don't think OKC, I don't think Sacramento is playing well enough to get um, get awarded that for, for their player there. Okay, so let's move on to the East. So I think this is where a lot of controversial decisions will be made, especially even looking at my list. There's a few snubs here. I'm like, fuck, like, it's going to be, like, there's like 10 guys in the East that are going to be snubs that should um, in any other year. Uh, be a part of uh, this all-star team uh, it's just tough because a lot of teams are now just middle of the pack there there hasn't been any teams that have separated themselves maybe outside of the 76ers and the Nets from the Eastern Conference there's a bunch of teams that are clogged up in the third all the way down to the 11th to the 12th seed and a lot of the main guys for those teams are going to be snubbed out so um, the reserves uh, from your guard spot who do you have as your two two guards for the the Eastern Conference. I got where does Jalen Brown fit? I have Jalen Brown as a guard. As a guard, right. Yeah, so I, I got I got Tatum and Brown. Tatum and Brown. Yeah. Is okay. Tatum a, a guard or is uh, he front court? He he, he uh, I can, he's I can a free, switch this. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Just just give me your give, give me your first two guys on your reserve list. I got Trey Young and, and Jalen Brown. Okay. Yeah. What what are your reasons for having Trey Young in there? Again, just just um, just his star appeal. Uh, he's, he's playing very well, and that Atla- that Atlanta team actually has something this year. I think they're currently tenth in the East, but they're separated by like a game or two mm-hmm. out of that playoff picture. They're competing night in and night out, and regardless of how you feel about his defensive abilities, he brings it on offense every single night. And he plays super, super hardy. In a way, he's got a Steph. He doesn't have a 
I don't want to compare him to Steph Curry offensively. I actually want to compare him to Steph Curry defensively, where they are pretty scrappy, uh, despite being so so small, right? Yeah. So I, I've been watching Atlanta games a little bit more, and I'm actually starting to admire his his talent. So I just wanted to give him that nod because he is playing pretty damn solid right now. Cool. Um, nice. And then why do you have Jalen Brown? Well, again, Jalen Brown could have easily been a starter, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, He's, again, he's gone from good to great. We were talking about awards right now, and I would definitely consider him as uh, most improved because I think that leap that he's made from being just a really good player, like very good offensively and defensively, to losing Gordon Hayward and taking on an extra role and exceeding yeah. his expectations, um, just so impressed with them. Yeah, I Absolutely agree with what you said about Jalen Brown. He's probably one of my favorite non-Raptors to watch right now. Again, we, we, we talked about how well he played defensively last year in the playoffs. And yeah, he's just taken that step forward as an offensive player, as a playmaker, as a rebounder, as a high IQ basketball player uh, for one of the best young teams in the league. So I'm really happy to have him on on my list here. But you think I'm crazy for that? Trey Young pick? Uh, no, well, so I, for my other guard position, I have James Harden um, as my oh, pick. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think he's just played so well, even though he was playing in the Western Conference for, uh, for you know, percentage of the regular season. He's just playing out of his mind um, with the Nets right now, and he's really putting that team together, being that point, point guard, that uh, floor general for that team, and he's, you know, putting the guys in the right places. Um, KD and Kyrie are missing games here and there, and he's kind of been the constant for that team, and they're they're climbing up the, the Eastern uh, standings, you know, as we speak. So I have him in there. Um, some guys, some people that I've been listening to on the media, they just exclude him just because of his, you know, his, of his uh, antics from, from earlier this season. So I can understand that. I just... Enjoy watching him play. I think he deserves to be. Yeah, I vetoed. I don't have him on my list okay, at all. Cool. So just cool. a spoiler alert. Cool. There. That's cool. I think I think this is going to be a very funny thing to just go through because I already know I don't have some of the guys that you already just mentioned. So, who are your three forwards um, for your reserve list there? So I got Tatum, Randall, Butler. Wow. Okay. I do not have any of those guys, but give me give me your give me your rundown on those three picks. Well, again, Boston's been successful, partly, you know, I know they're struggling as of late, but they have been successful given everything that they lost, um, not having Kemba Walker, not having Marcus Smart, not having Gordon Hayward. Uh, they've had two guys, and they started the game, they started the season on fire, uh, Tatum, Tatum being a huge reason of that, Tatum, Tatum, Tatum and Brown. Um, they're a two-headed monster in Boston, and I just think that uh, Tatum's playing at an all-star level and could even make the case... Well, you can't make the case for him being a starter with Giannis, Durant, and Embiid. But, yeah, um, but yeah definitely needs to be recognized as an all-star this year. Uh, Julius Randle. Again, who would have thought the New York Knicks were going to be who they are this far into the season? And Julius Randle is huge, huge um, factor in their success. And I just, want to, I just want to celebrate the fact that he's taking this franchise, making them legitimate again. Yeah. And playing legitimately because... The last time we brought up Julius Randle, it was pretty early in the season where this could have just been like an early fluky start to the season, but he's been playing this consistently well. So 
he it seems to be like he's the real deal. I like that pick. I like that pick. I don't have him on my on my list, but I, I really like Julius Randle. He hasn't really changed his game too much. He's the same player, but I think just um, having Thibodeau there, having a fresh you know voice in the locker room, a guy that is gonna hold you accountable for uh, for your play on the offensive defensive side. Um, he's just taken that huge step as a playmaker and. Um, yeah, I really like his play, and if if there are um, injuries to this to this list, um, he could definitely be a, uh, a slot in there. Yeah, the last one, Jimmy Butler. The more that I think about it, I'd probably put Bam in there just because of the the amount of games that Bam yeah. played versus Jimmy Butler. But yeah. I think it's a bit of recency bias because Jimmy Butler's on his third triple double yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a row. Yeah. So he's, you know, I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan. I just. I just like what he I likes what he I like what he brings to the table. I think he's going to bring that competitive element to the All Star game, and that's my case for him. Yeah, what he's shown in the last few games since he's gone back from injuries or whatever is it was it because of the healthy and health and uh, COVID protocols? I'm not sure there was a mix of health issues and injuries issues, but in a regular season, if he played more than let's say 75 percent of the games, he's a lock. You know, just from an offensive defensive side, um, I had. Bam as one of my forwards just because he's been uh, playing all season long. His numbers are looking like 29 and 6 and he's shooting 57% from the field, 40% from the three and again we know how versatile and elite of a defender he is. Um, So I I just have him in there over Jimmy Butler because of the games he's played and the impact he's had on this season so far but we all know that Butler is the uh, superior player and their go-to go-to player for that team, uh, and I don't have uh, Jason Tatum on my list, and that's the one big controversial one that I don't that I'm willing to defend. Uh, I don't have him because of these other guys, and, and I'll, I'll explain my, my reason for not having him on my list once you uh, understand who's actually on my list, and uh, yeah, we can break it down from there. So from my end, for the other two forwards outside of Bam, I have Ben Simmons. I just think, again, the 76ers are top of the East. Um, Embiid is playing out of his mind. Uh, so you could say that you know a major uh, factor is because of how well he's playing. But I think just Ben Simmons, he's probably the defensive player of the year for me at this point. Uh, just because of his versatility. One night he'll be guarding Dame. Another night he'll be guarding LeBron. The next night he'll be in the post battling it out with Rudy Gobert. So I think... His versatility, his size as, as a point guard, point forward, whatever you want to call him. And, you know, his, his stats, his traditional stats don't really pop out of you. They're 15, 8, and 8. But I just think he is, you know, the, the playmaker, the floor general for that team. He's the best defensive player. And he leads the league in um, assists that lead to actual a, a three-point uh, shot made. So... Even though he does not shooting it at a good rate at all, he's helping guys like Danny Green, Seth Curry get their game going. So I think he deserves to be an all-star this year. He was an all-star last year and he played worse, right? So I think he's an all-star this year. And then I have uh, DeMontis Sabonis as my other pick. I think just with Indiana uh, being fourth in the East, them losing um, Levert um, hurts definitely because of his, um, his health issues. 
Um, and then not having Victor Oladipo for half the season so far because of his trade to Houston. Um, they're still being, they're still fourth. Him and Brogdon are playing really well. Uh, Sabonis is averaging 22, 12, and 6. So he's playing very, very well. Um, like the first option for, you know, a top four team in the East. I think he deserves it over guys like Boots, uh, Nikola Vucevic, or a guy like Jeremy Grant. I think just um, record does come into factor at this point. So those are my two other picks after Bam. So do you have any issues with those those picks at all? With, with no, no? Not, not at all, to be honest. Like, okay. like I think people that criticize um, people that criticize Ben Simmons might be casual fans because they just see the three-point percentage in mm-hmm. this, this era of basketball. But yeah. you don't realize that the only way the Sixers are going to get past the Lakers in the finals is with Ben Simmons. His... His defensive ability on LeBron James is going to be similar to Iguodala's ability to yes. do somewhat contain yes. him in 2015. Like, if every, if everything works out, you know, as planned in their eyes, and they end up being in the finals against the Lakers, there's going to be a good chance that you'll see MV, you'll see Ben Simmons be a Finals MVP mm-hmm. because he's the only hope in hell that they have to. Exactly. exactly, exactly. He's playing so many positions for them. He's playing as their, you know, point guard playmaker, but then he's also playing um, that defensive stopper, that that role that like Jeremy Grant plays for that he played for Denver, where you're always gonna be matched up against the best guy because the best guys are now six seven, six eight, shoot, small forwards or shooting guards, and those are guys that are making the big plays, getting their shots off, and he's going to have a battle in the playoffs whenever he's going against Jason Tatum. Um, and those type of uh, elite players in the East. All right, so let's just finish off with our wild cards. Yeah. So who are your two wild cards for to to uh, finish off this roster? Uh, Sabonis. Sabonis for, for everything for all the reasons that you pointed out. Nice. I really like watching that guy play, yeah. and he's doing really well under Nate Bjorken. And um, Indiana's legit. They're 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 a team that I do not want to see in the playoffs. That's yeah. for sure. Um, and then my last reserve was. Uh, he's synonymous with the All-Star Game. His name is Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, again, standings and statistics was my criteria. Obviously, he's not there in the standings front, but yeah. um, Milwaukee, or sorry, Chicago plays hard night in and night out. He's putting up pretty crazy numbers oh, this season. Incredible and numbers. He's really, really, really fun to watch. Yeah. So for for my two picks, I have Zach Levine as well. Um, again, I don't like. Uh, awarding uh, an all-star spot to a guy that's on a losing team, but and that's why he's, like, just, he's just playing out of his mind. And that's why I didn't reward um, the Detroit. Oh, Jeremy yeah, Grant. Jeremy Grant. Um, I didn't reward Jeremy Grant because you could make an argument. Well, why would you? Why would you put in Zach Levine or Jeremy Grant? But um, you know, I just think that Zach Levine. The leap that he's taking really impresses me because he's trying so hard from the defensive end, yeah. and just his offensive numbers are are they're, through the roof. Oh, they're this insane! Year. He's shooting fifty two percent from the field, forty four percent from the three, and he's shooting eighty or eighty five percent from the free throw line, while averaging thirty five and five, thirty six and five, insane. And this guy's being double teamed. What the second best player is Colby White on that team, so uh, he deserves it for sure. I, th- I hope he gets uh, nominated by the coach to be there. I think he will. And then my last pick is kind of a homer pick, but it's still, I, I think there's, you know, I have, I have a winning case here, but it's Fred Van Vliet. I think, I don't know if this is a, 
Um, stupid comment, but I think he's the best two-way point guard in the league right now. Name a better two-way point guard. A guy that still runs, runs the offense for you. He's so clutch. He's so clutch. Anytime you need a bucket, this guy will get it at the perfect time. Averaging 24 and 7. His shooting numbers aren't great, but you know the Raptors are now 500. They're back to playing the, the basketball where we're uh, accustomed to. And with Lowry out, I believe they're like 15 and 0 in the last 15 games without Lowry. So that's how, that's how important. Yeah, they're 14 and 0 without right? Kyle Lowry. That's crazy. And I don't like that stat. So I think Freddie deserves it. You know, he's he's been playing lockdown defense all year. I wouldn't be surprised if he is a first team All NBA defender uh, this year with how he's been playing. And again, he's taking such a massive load on offense. Um, and I think he deserves to um, be awarded a Spurs um, All Star game. No, I'm jealous of that pick. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, um, he brings it every single night. I th- still think Kyle Lowry hasn't beat as a better two-way player just at the moment. Um, but no, he's definitely going to to surpass our guy by the end of the season. Um, no, love that pick. I, I would have Siakam in the All-Star game if he was playing the way he's currently playing yeah. the entire season. Yeah, for sure. I'd probably have him over Sabonis, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, I but agree. But it's unfortunate that he had that slow start. It's okay. I, th- I think it's just, yeah, having that time off, he's been playing so well, I think just recover your body, just... Make sure that you're good for the playoffs. No, I love that Fred Van Fleet pick, to cool. be honest. Okay, I know we're running out of time. Do you have any last-minute call-outs for a snub or anything else with the All-Star rosters and game itself? In the East? No. I mean, they haven't even announced the head coach yet, which I found to be oh, interesting. Oh, they have. They Is have. it Quinn? Uh, no. Oh, sorry. It's Quinn Snyder from the West, and it's Doc Rivers from the East. Beautiful. Because, yeah, uh, I think the, the deadline was today or Sunday. It's Sunday, and Philly is like two games ahead of the net. So Steve Nash is out of the question there. And uh, Frank Vogel was the coach last year, so he's automatically um, eliminated from that uh, discussion, and it's Quinn Snyder. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah no problems with that at all. Yeah. I think that's uh, those are two great coaching choices. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, I had Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Jeremy, like, Jeremy Grant, and Julius Randle out there. I think those are all deserving players. Even I have Drew Holiday, Gordon Hayward, Tobias Harris, Nikola Vucevic, like a lot of great players in here. I just went with the guys that, you know, I think were deserving of like the top five, six records in the East. And then I just couldn't put two Celtics um, in there and take out a guy like Fred Van Vliet or Sabonis or Bim Adebayo. So that's my reasoning for not having Jason Tatum in there. I think he is an all-star in every other year. He's probably going to be an all-star this year. To be honest, I just had Fred Fleet in there as a kind of a homer pick, but I think, you know, still deserving just because of how well the Raptors have been playing. Yeah, it seems like we're on the same page in terms of um, our Eastern Conference snubs. There's a ton of them this year, which is usually not the case. No. Uh, the Eastern Conference is usually slim pickings compared to the <laughs> yeah, West. Um, sure. But uh, no, I agree with everything. I'm, I'm looking at that Trey Young pick and I'm losing sleep over it but uh but otherwise no i think this was a pretty good exercise i think we're pretty accurate as to what is going to end up materializing yeah yeah for sure so yeah i don't i'm not sure when they're gonna announce those uh those reserves but yeah it's gonna be exciting to watch who actually gets picked by the team yes sir all right so thank you guys for listening another uh great episode with my buddy so um yeah tune in next week and we'll be back Enjoy your Saturday, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Tuan. Take care.